Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. One of the interesting things when it comes to Christmas is that while each and every one of us is uniquely made, and we all have our, our own lives, patterns of living and, and things like that, one of the things that we probably all share is that when it comes to Christmas, we probably all have our own little traditions, little things that we do, um, and we make sure that they happen uh, in that run-up to Christmas so that it makes it feel Christmassy. And that thing might change as you, as you go on, as you, as you grow up and, and get older. Your traditions might have changed. You know, the people that are involved in it might have changed too. And I was thinking this week about traditions and what kind of traditions that I, I had and had had in my life. And I was immediately transported back to when I was a, a child. And the tradition at Christmas was for someone in our family, whether it was our immediate family or whether it was, you know, the, the wider, you know, aunts and uncles and things like this, someone would be tasked with going to Kinnaird Park in Edinburgh or Fort Kinnaird or Craig Park. It's had numerous names, a big area, a bit like the forge further up the road. And that person was to make sure that they went to to Fort Kinnaird, and they went to the Argos and would pick up an Argos catalogue, those big pallets that were at the door as you walked in. They would go and they would pick up an Argos catalogue, and they were available about October time, even, it might even have been September, and they were filled to the brim with everything you would want as a child for Christmas. Flick straight to the toy section. And I remember my my little sister and I being handed this Argos catalogue and being told to go away and spend some time looking at it. Maybe what Santa will bring you. Um, and I remember looking at these amazing toys and fantasizing over what it would be like to play with them. What would it be like to, to own these things? So I would write down my list of all the things that I, that I wanted. It was going to be amazing. Then Christmas Day would come, and I would open up all my, my presents, and some of the, the presents would be from that list, the things that I'd seen in the, the Argos catalogue. However, the reality was usually very, very different to what I thought it would be. The robot that I'd been thinking about since September was just a piece of plastic. It didn't do anything until I pressed a button on it. Didn't magically make cups of tea or anything like that. All these wild adventures that I was going to go on with this robot. The reality was very different to my expectations. And going by some of the smiles and the, the, the sniggers there, you've maybe had similar experiences too. 
but our expectation maybe doesn't match up with the reality. And the thing is, you know, the, the God's chosen people for thousands of years had been thinking and fantasizing about what the Messiah was going to be and what it was going to be like. You know, some thought that the Messiah was going to be a, a high priest, a religious leader who would call God down, call God down, and the world would be turned back to how God had intended it, that they would be rescued from, from slavery, from the, the occupation of Rome. Some thought that he would be a, a warrior king who would come and wield a, a sword to destroy everything to do with Rome in their land. See, they all had their, their own little ideas of what the Messiah would be. However, the reality was far, far different than anything that they could have imagined. Because Emmanuel, God with us, came in the form of a baby. A human baby that would walk amongst us. No one was thinking that. No one had fantasized about a baby being the one who would come into our world and save it. In our passage this morning, we have that well-known account of the, the three wise men, the, the, the magi, who've come to find the, the king that they've been led to by a star. And their question is, where is the king? And it's actually quite amusing because the funny thing is the person that they're asking the question of is Herod. Where is the king? To the man sitting on a throne with a crown on. Servants all around him. Herod probably would be thinking these three aren't very wise at all, aren't they? I'm right here. I'm the one that you're looking for. But he isn't the one that they're looking for. We read in verse 3 that Herod becomes frightened. He's probably furious as well. I'm the king. I'm the one that you come to see. Who is this king that you're talking about? You see, Jesus wasn't what anyone expected. How often in the Scriptures do we see God doing that? Where we have our own expectations of how something should play out. And God has a different plan. But we live in a world that is different to the one that God originally planned. You know, and in that Lord's Prayer, we pray your kingdom come. And we know that that kingdom is an upside-down kingdom because the things that exist in it don't really make sense to us immediately. They're counter to the things of this world. You know, the first become last, the, the, the poor become rich. And now we have a baby coming in to save the world. How can a baby save the world? 
Well, that was exactly what Jesus was. That was the mode that God would use to break into our world. Not a, a warrior with a sword. Not a, a big religious leader. He used Jesus to all intents fully God, but also fully human. A baby who would grow up to, to preach peace, not violence, not war, but love, this upside-down kingdom. Who were called not only to love people that you like, but to love all people, including our enemies. No one expected this kind of Messiah or the upside-down kingdom. And I guess it causes us during Advent to ask ourselves the question, where is the king in my life? Are we searching like the, the wise men were? Where we're desperately searching for this king? Or is there an expectation of what it might be like to to have Jesus in our lives not matching up to the reality. During Advent, indeed last week, we reflected on Jesus being a light to the world, God highlighting things in and through him. We need to ask God to highlight more of himself to us through that light. The thing is, though, we can sometimes allow other people's experiences other people's thoughts on God to, to cloud ours. And it means that we can sometimes find ourselves in a place where we maybe fail to see the light shining in us or in our lives. Our experience of God might be different to that person over there or that person over there. And we might start to think that we're not doing it right. But you see, each and every one of us has a real and personal relationship with God through Jesus. And it doesn't have to be the same as that person over there. It's yours. There might be some similarities, but each of us is unique. Every one of us has a unique relationship with God made possible through our Lord Jesus You see, we learn more and more about God's truths and who Jesus is through the words contained in the Scriptures. God's Word. The more we read it, we might read passages and they act as just a reminder to us of God's truths. But it might be something that, that we, we read and we, we read it like as if we're reading it for the first time, even although we might have read it. Numerous times, the Holy Spirit just highlights something to us from the Scriptures. A new way of God speaking to us. Because you see, this is more than just words on pages or books in a small library. This is the God-breathed Word. When we spend time reading and reflecting on them, God can speak to us through these words and the pictures that they create 
in our mind. God reveals more and more of himself through the words that are contained in here. We can also ask the Holy Spirit to work in us, to transform us and renew us more and more. Then we get to that place where we're able to answer the question of where the king is in our lives. And we're able to say, well, the king, the king is in my heart, in my mind. The king is central to my very life. You see, for me, one of the interesting things about this passage is that the wise men aren't disappointed at all. They aren't disappointed. They're looking for a king, and at no point in the Scripture do we read that they're shocked or that they're somehow disappointed with what they see. We read that they were filled with joy when the star stops, but they're not disappointed with what they see. A baby, no throne, no crown, just a baby in a manger. We read in verse 11, on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They dropped to their knees and they worshipped him, offering these gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And the reason for that is that God had prepared them to move past their personal expectations of what they would see. He had prepared them for exactly what they were going to see. And in that moment, when they see Jesus lying in that manger, they immediately recognize him as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and they drop down in worship. And the thing is, we can ask God to speak to us in that same way. Highlight the King of Kings to us so that we will never be disappointed. That we too would want to drop to our knees and worship Him. And when we get to that place of understanding, we have a great, great opportunity to share the light of the world with those around us. We're then given the ability to almost act as the star in our gospel passage this morning. The star that guided the wise men to Jesus. We too, with our understanding of Jesus, who he is, and by the way that we follow him in our lives, it can act as a beacon, a star that will guide others to that fulfilling relationship with him. God can supernaturally use us for that purpose. You see, it's not about how much you think you know or how much you can quote from here, how much Christianese you can speak, how much theology you understand and want to talk about, or apologetics, I'm not looking to downplay any of those things. They are important. It's important that you know and you understand the Scriptures. It's important that you reflect on and think about God. 
It's just what theology is. But the thing is, no one, no one can be argued into a relationship with Jesus. No one. I don't think anyone has ever been argued into a relationship with Jesus. People are loved into a relationship with Jesus. And the thing is, when we live our lives and the King of King, Kings becomes firmly planted into our lives, our very being, we can become that star, that beacon for people that points directly towards Jesus. These people who are asking the same question, where is the king? They're able to see the king in our lives. Not because of what we know or what we argue about. It's because our lives seem different. We've maybe changed. Our approach to life is maybe different. It's then that we're able to fulfill that call that Jesus has put on every one of us to go and share the good news, not always with our words, but with our actions too. You might remember the sermon series when I first arrived here through the book of James. We have a faith that works. That our decision to follow Jesus allows us to have a faith that develops. And it's important that our actions mirror the things that come out of our mouths. We also have an answer to that other question that we might have been asked. Why did you do that for me? When we've helped someone because we felt that was the thing to do. And the question is, why did you do that for me? And our answer is because God loves you. But I don't think I deserve it. Well, neither did I. But God loves you. Where is the king? In our lives. Are we still searching? Are we disappointed? Let's continue to ask God to highlight more and more of himself to us that we might just get to be that beacon that points people to the light of the world, a world that finds itself in darkness far, far too often, a world that is still asking the same question that the Magi did all those years ago, where is the king? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for that call in our lives to share the good news that, that God loves us. We give all thanks and praise, Lord, for all that you've done while you were here on earth and the work that you continue to do on our behalf. We're sorry if we've allowed others to cloud us with their experience of you or when we've put up barriers against you. Lord Jesus, during this Advent season, we open up ourselves again. Would you reveal more of yourself to us, that we might become those effective witnesses that you require of us? 
might we be able to answer confidently and boldly that question of where is the king by saying he is firmly rooted in our lives. And may others come into that closer relationship with you through our words and our actions and ultimately through the way that we love the world in the same ways that you love it. Help us to shine. Help us to become a beacon and point people to what it means to have a relationship with God through you, our Lord of lords and our King of kings, Emmanuel, God with us. And it is in your precious name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.